Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. You know, we talk about the measure of the stature of Christ in regards to fullness of what we're shooting for, and, uh, and that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're after. Now, what I mean by that is I don't mean, because this is something I've noticed uh, just more recently, the Lord has opened my eyes to this, that there is this, uh, it came out of me, I think on a Wednesday night, but there's this idea that spiritual growth is non-trackable and non-understandable, and you cannot build that from Scripture. But what happens is our natural mind tends to take over, and we're so used to doing certain things um, that we actually get used to ourselves and don't put our faith on developing out of things. The other side of it is, is that there is no growth without doing. So I'll, I'll just put it to you like this. You cannot pray spiritual growth into existence. You can, prayer is a part of spiritual growth, but you have to do what you hear and what you know and learn from the scripture. If you don't do, you don't grow. There's just, there's no substitute. The other thing that I heard <clears throat> just the other day, I was listening to a minister and he actually used to be the dean of Ramah when I was there. Uh, dean of Students, and he travels the world, and he does a lot of ministry work in China, stuff that you'll never hear about because he's undercover, and uh, stuff he can't talk about, stuff like that. But anyway, I was listening to one of his teachings, and um, he's probably one of the most, I mean, you just you have a lot of respect for, for some of these uh, spiritual leaders. They're totally unknown to a large degree. Like, you, you're not going to see them ever known. But if you ever fellowship with one who really knows the Lord, it changes your life. You know what I mean? Uh, and you find out the depth of spiritual development and the depth of spiritual growth that this minister has is just, it's just amazing. You can hear it in, in their teaching. But he, he made this statement. He said, there are no shortcuts in spiritual growth. None. There are no shortcuts in physical growth that are healthy, <laughs> right? None. There isn't. You might as well settle your mind. You're in it for the long haul. You know, because your natural mind will want to get frustrated. And that's why I believe that the Lord, and your flesh, of course, that's why I believe the Lord gave us what he gave us in regards to all the teaching on love, all the teaching on the fruit of the Spirit, and being endurance-minded. But in, excuse me, endurance-minded should not leave us with the, with the mentality, uh, if, it's, if it's biblical faith endurance minded, it shouldn't leave us with the mentality that someday maybe it'll happen. It should, we should realize, yeah, I'm progressing and growing, I'm developing like I should spiritually, and it's coming to pass, but I know that it's going to be as long as I live here, okay? To the fullness of the call is fulfilled. And people say, well, I don't, you know, I've had people get, they're upset, they're frustrated, and you can tell. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Why not? Why not? Does the scripture say, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> so, and, 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 you know, for me, I, I don't like those questions, but I mean, for me personally, I should say this, my flesh doesn't like those questions and natural thinking, but my heart goes, yeah, you got to know this. 
And people will say, well, I, I've had people tell me this, and I, I just, I realize they just don't know, or they're, they have rebellion in this area. But they'll say things like, well, I tried to hear from God, but it didn't work. You're going to preach me a sermon and build me a doctrine on that? Because... See, and people say, well, you can't, you shouldn't be so strong like that. If you're not, then you're standing on nothing. Because you're, you're in my foundation is the word of God, period. It isn't our feelings. It isn't the uh, visions and dreams we've had, even though, though God can speak to us to those. That's not the foundation. The foundation is the word. And if you're building a house and your foundation is right, the building will continue and the house will develop like it's supposed to right? You don't plant, a farmer doesn't plant seed, and if it doesn't come up like it should, it doesn't go, well, I guess it didn't work. I'm going to quit farming. You you find out why, right? And uh, Paul used these descriptions and these analogies all the time, but uh, we need to know why. And we should not, I should not, I cannot allow myself to shy away from truth that makes me uncomfortable. I cannot, I cannot, and I cannot shy away from it and and rebel against what the Lord says to me in his word because I don't see it in my life yet. In other words, I don't develop a new new, uh, Jehovah names for God because I didn't experience what he said he is. I adjust to him. And we must not, you know, there are things we don't understand in this life, but there is a whole lot more that we should understand than there is that we don't understand. So don't assign that I don't understand scriptures to the scriptures that tell you that you're supposed to understand this. But see, my natural mind will want to go that direction. My emotion, my flesh, the enemy, he'll work that angle in my life and try and drive me this direction through doubt, unbelief, confusion, derision, fear, He'll try and do that. And and as a believer, as an individual believer, I have to stand up in the middle of that situation. You can have somebody help you and agree in prayer, especially if you're kind of immature or a baby or weak in that area. But you, you eventually, you and I eventually, we have to look at the scriptures and go, Lord, you said this. I'm not experiencing it. Fix me. And let's go. Let's grow. And that pleases the Lord. The Lord's not in heaven going... They still don't got it? Well, maybe sometimes he is, but, you know, if I read the scripture right. <laughs> so, you know, we, we are in a, we live in, in, in a time, and, and it's been this way, but it's increasing even more and more where people don't want, there, there's a whole lot of people that just don't want to hear the truth, and they have itching ears. And uh, if you follow that, you can follow it. You can follow your favorite, or you can do it. The... Have you ever noticed the Lord doesn't just give you your favorite? What your, your natural bent is? The Lord has put me in positions, and I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? He said, you stay here and shut your mouth and grow. You say, the Lord tells you that. <laughs> he doesn't talk to you like that. At t- I mean, he doesn't talk to me like that all the time, but there are times he's like, you better, you, you're in, boy. Or, Lord, I want to talk to you about this particular thing in my life. Silence. 
And I know the voice of the Lord. I know when he speaks to me, whether it be Holy Spirit through this or Holy Spirit directly to me. I know his voice. The voice of a stranger I don't follow. Now, I've followed, I've made things up in my head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to do this. It feels right. (laughs) All right, so. But there are times where the Lord said, I already told you what to do. You do it. And until you do it, I'm not telling you anything else. See, now a lot of that's not taught. But that's what I was raised under. I mean, I remember hearing different ministers talk about um, this one particular minister was talking about a friend of his who was called to the ministry. And uh, um, he was spending, I mean, spending hours praying for his friend. Because the man was anointed, he was called, he had giftings. I mean, it was obvious. Anybody could see it. And uh, he said, Lord, I just don't know why this person isn't, you know, in the ministry. And finally, and it almost sounded like a, not, a not, not that I think the Lord, maybe he does get frustrated, I don't know. But I know he gets irritated. It almost, the way the minister relayed what the Lord told him, it was almost like an irritation with the Lord. Like, stop asking me about this. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I told him, talking about the minister that's not in ministry, to get a job and keep it and to go to a church and stay there. And until he does that, his ministry will never come to pass. And when I heard that, this is when I was working construction for, uh, I don't even know if it was when we were working together. I think it was after. Maybe it was. I don't know. But anyway, you're talking, we're talking 20 years ago, maybe 18. And when I heard that, I went, Ding. You know, because have you ever been around somebody that the Lord told them to do something and it's different every other week? You're not hearing from the Lord. You're not. Because the God is not in heaven going, dice it. But our natural soul and our flesh goes, I want something different. It's the nature of the flesh. And we make up, and familiar spirits will help you with that. And you'll develop in it. That's why there's so much in the word about controlling your, your nature. And so people say, well, how do I get out of that? You spend time with the Lord and don't do anything else. And that's how you, because you have to, there has to be a purging of the soul, a, trans, a, a, a trans, uh, transformation of the thinking to where you get to the point where you hear from the Lord, you do what he said and you don't change. And, and I'll just say this, every time, you should mark it down, write it three times bigger progressively. Every time, every time, every time, you will have opposition to your word from the Lord. And if the devil can get you to pop out of your place, your call just went back another step. You say, how do you know that? I've proven it. It works. <laughs> Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Amen? And, and, and here's the second thing in that. There's no sense in you feeling sorry for yourself about it. Pull yourself up, pull your pants up, and get after it. Like, my grand, or like uh, I heard uh, one minister say, you step to the whipping post and take it like a man or a woman, whatever we got to do. <laughs> Just step up and go, yeah, okay, Lord, correct me, discipline me. Where do I need to change? Because that's the only way I've ever found grace 
accessible for me was when my heart was right there. Amen? I had somebody tell me recently, and they're, and they're frustrated. They, they're, they're either ignorant or frustrated or rebellious, one or the other. They're definitely frustrated in the middle. But coming to the, I'm not going to, this is something for me personally, I am not going to come to the end of my life and go, I don't know what I'm doing. I will not. I will not do that. For one, there's tons of instruction in the word about just general things that I'm to be doing. Being a husband, being a father, being a pastor, being a, a fellowshipping with the saints. But in general, in overall, and I'm doing this on purpose to irritate the inside of you, just so you know. <clears throat> to provoke you to seek God. I will not get to the end of my life and go, I mean, I don't even know if I did what God told me to do. I will not. I will not go. I will not. I will seek God until I hear what he has to say to me and I follow that. Okay? I will seek God until, no matter what point you're at in your life, seek God until you know. If you don't know, whose fault is it? It's mine, right? I mean... It's ours individually. We, right? Stop blaming others. Stop thinking about and meditating on all the mistakes you made and thinking that God can't do anything with your life now. Stop all that and seek God. Amen? Okay? Because if, if the enemy can rope you into your past and, and get a wrong uh, perspective and heart within you, you're in trouble. All right, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 14 says this, Do all things without complaining, that you may become blameless and what? Harmless. So complaining, uh, not only do you become blamable, but then you are harmful. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We're in the midst of the crooked and perverse generation. We're not supposed to be it. Amen. Okay, among whom you shine as light. See, this is our part in the world. Holding fast the word of life. Notice you have to hold it fast. What does that mean? It's slippery. <laughs> You're natural in this life. You will not naturally incline to God. You'll naturally incline and the world will naturally incline to sin in the flesh. Always. Okay. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. I love that statement right there. Talk about a scripture for leaders. How many of you have ever felt like you ran or, or labored in vain over people? And that is not Paul not being in faith and not walking in love. It's just the fact. It's just the truth. Paul's, and Paul expressed that statement more than once, if you look in the epistles. It's expressed more than once. Jesus expressed, at times, disappointment in the people. Did God ever express disappointment in the people? Do you think he still does? Oh, no, he's just positive. <laughs> I am called to kill that. Okay, anyway, okay, so... Philippians chapter 2 verse, do all things without complaining and disputing. So all things daily, holy. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to share something with you uh, separate from that. But we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to look more, we're going to define com complaining some more. Because we love to do that. 
what I realized was, because what the Lord told me was, I started to teach on complaining. I was like, okay, I'll hit this complaining spot right here, and then I'll really get into how we're, we have authority over this and really emphasize. And the Lord said, no, you're not. He said, you're going to go over complaining again and again and what it is. And I went, Lord. He said, that's what I want you to do. Then you can go to <laughs> the other <laughs> so that it'll be clearly defined in our minds and in our hearts. How many think God would do that? Yeah, he'd do that. Okay. So how many know we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation? You can stay at 1 Corinthians 10, but I just want to read this to you. It's something I shared in prayer um, this last Tuesday when we had corporate prayer. But we pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So I want to read this commentary to you. It says in the Greek, Paul, and this is out of Ephesians 1 verse 17 is where I'm referring to, that Ephesians 1 prayer. But he says in the Greek, Paul is saying this desire is for God, to, that his desire is for God to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Notice the word spirit begins with the lowercase s instead of a capital letter. This tells us the spirit being, being spoken of here is not the Holy Spirit. God wants our spirits to be full of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation are a product of the knowledge of God's word. See, what oftentimes can happen is, is uh, you, you, in, in, in our faith walk with the Lord, we can either get uh, too heavy on the word and ignore the Holy Spirit and be really dry, or we can get so heavy on the Holy Spirit and ignore the word and get goofy. I, don't, I want you to understand this. Your soul needs both. This is what I've discovered in studying this and fighting through it continually, fighting the fight of faith and developing and understanding in these areas. Your soul needs the word and it needs the experience of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't need you to be so heavy on one that the other gets out of balance. Okay? Now... I'm going, to do, I'm going to tell you what I believe, and this is what I practice, uh, and this is what Rhema taught us. If you're going to spend an hour in prayer, you need to spend an hour in the Word as a rule. If you're going to spend 30 minutes in the Word, spend 30 minutes in prayer. In other words, don't, don't get heavy. Because see, what, what can happen is, do you know you can become overly intellectual and forget about the move of the Holy Spirit? Do you know you can become overly, I need the move of the Spirit all the time. I just need to feel, 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 feel. And you'll have no faith to stand through a trial where you're going to feel nothing, but you know what the Word says if you have it in you, and you can stand on that, and eventually your feelings will change. You've got to be balanced, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying wisdom and revelation are a product of the knowledge of God's Word. Now watch this. We are never told in the Scriptures to ask God for knowledge, but we are told to ask for wisdom and revelation. Did you know that? You're never told in the scripture to ask God for knowledge. Search, search, search. See if it's right. Knowledge is the byproduct of study. And a lot of people don't have it because they're lazy in study. And I'm not talking about reading someone's commentary on it necessarily. You can. I mean, that's a part of study. I'm talking about you dig in, you study, you look. And people go, I don't, you know, I don't know where to start. We have so much information available in this age. 
There's no excuse, right? So we should throw that out, right? So Isaiah 33, 6 says this, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and and the strength of your salvation, or strength of salvation. This puts wisdom and knowledge together. Many people think knowledge and wisdom are two words that mean the same thing, but as we saw before, they are not. Knowledge is an input and wisdom is an output. We take in knowledge, but we produce wisdom. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. If any man lacks wisdom, James 1.5. Taking in knowledge is a discipline for us, 2 Timothy 2.15. Once we do our part, God will bring illumination, revelation, and wisdom when we ask him. Okay, now I'm going to go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I want you to hear this. This is, this is the, ex- now Paul wrote Ephesians. Paul wrote 2 Timothy, okay? And this, see if you can hear the commentary and the words that you, in, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures that I'm about to, see if you can see the exact same thing taking place. Now watch this. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me and, and among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. In other words, don't waste your time, time to teach somebody who doesn't want to listen. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That scripture is not on people's fridge. But it's still the truth. You must endure what? hardship no no i'm under grace exactly that's why you can endure the hardship amen shout run dance go ahead do whatever you got to do just go ahead and agree with that scripture you might as well because if you don't you won't get the benefit of it and neither will i well i don't want hardship (laughs) go to heaven at least i didn't say the other place you know (laughs) okay All right, you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, and I'm getting better at it. You say, why? Because I'm not leaving. And just some things you get good at just by endurance and just staying put. Well, it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yep. Well, it's frustrating, okay? The Lord didn't say, you're released, Sean. Go somewhere else. You know what I found? No matter where you go, people are there. All right, so moving right along. No one, verse 4, engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, if you're a Christian not engaged in warfare, entangle away. In fact, you won't even have to try. You're already doing it. (laughs) How many in the military right now that are overseas or wherever are sitting around going, I wonder what I want to do today? (laughs) And yet Paul uses these descriptions to give us information on how to be a disciple. But we, I don't, you know, my, my natural bent is to just read over the top of that. Next, where's the prosperity scripture? Okay, so I'm moving on. All right. So no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may what? Please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Which means what? I could displease God. That's what that tells me right there. Do you know that's a fear of mine? Sorry, it is. Well, I guess I'm not really sorry. It just really is. 
It's a, I shouldn't say, like, not like I'm afraid like I can't sleep at night. You know what I mean? I sleep well. You can ask my wife. It annoys her sometimes. Well, turn the light off. Ah! <laughs> oh, alarm went off. Okay, time to get up. <laughs> it's not like that. I, it's a, okay. I realize who I have to stand in front of. And there's a, there's, a, there's a fear in me about it in a good sense. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Okay. I just don't, I don't want you to think I'm like afraid, like, you know, like afraid of a snake or something. All right. Verse 5, and also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules, right? Which, guys, what does that tell you? There are things that if we don't adjust them in our lives, we will miss certain things that we're supposed to have. And people say, well, it's all, we're all under grace. Exactly, this is a part of it. Grace is not just unlimited, do whatever you want, I don't care, I saved you. Grace is, I saved you in spite of the fact that you were doing whatever you want, and grace is, I empowered you to do what I want. That is so true on so many levels, and it is ignored in the church. I mean, I'm not talking about this church, but in a large, to a large degree. And it's why people are weak, sickly, and die before they're supposed to, and many sleep Or as one translation says, have gone to an early grave. Well, I don't don't want to think about that. Well, then ignore huge portions of the New Testament. And you'll experience it, and you won't have to think about it, but you'll get corrected when you get to heaven. (laughs) Right? That's what happens. You know, depth of revelation isn't always, like, giddy. All right, so, it, it is giddy if you do it. Okay, so verse 6, the hardworking farmer must be, first to, must be the first to partake of the crops. Now watch, all of that was what? Soldier, athlete, farmer. All of that is what? Knowledge being given to you. So what's the last part of the verse here? Verse 7, consider what I say and may the Lord give you In other words, knowledge has been given to you. Now the spirit of wisdom and revelation will draw off that knowledge and give you understanding concerning your situation. So in other words, the revelation that you get is not always for someone else. It's for you first. Right? It's for me first. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. So I'm reading and drawing and studying and pulling out of this word and gaining intellectual transformation is taking to my thinking where I'm going, I see this. This is an applicable truth. This is something I need to work into my life. Now, Holy Spirit, by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, give me understanding concerning soldiers, athletes, and farmers. And the revelation that the Lord gives me individually for my life will be different in a, in a practical living sense because we all have different worlds than what you get. In general, it'll be the same. There is a general truth to the scripture that I see out of this 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, but there's also an individual truth. How many have ever had the Lord speak to you out of an Old Testament passage and you went, That's an answer, but it doesn't even fit contextually to what I'm reading in the passages of the book of, you know what I mean? In other words, if you're 
If you look at the rules of Bible interpretation, it doesn't fit within the rules that we have established for Bible interpretation. But what Paul is saying here is, if, it's a, if the Holy Spirit draws off that and gives you information about it, as long as it doesn't violate the Word in general, there's an individual revelation and there's a corporate revelation always available in the Word. Always. I've, I've heard of people being healed uh, uh, they had something wrong with their foot and they, they found a scripture that said he won't let your foot slip. And it's not even speaking specifically to healing but they, they felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to grab that. They took it and their foot was healed and they didn't have to have the procedure that the Lord or that the doctors were saying they had to have. Why? What is that? That's them taking knowledge and then the spirit of wisdom and revelation going this for you. But you could not apply that to everybody. Because you need to hear for you. Yep. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. I can preach really long if I cover up the clock up here and don't know what time it is. <clears throat> okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So what are we, what are, what's going to happen here? What are you saying, Sean? I'm going to give you, and this is how all, this is how all teaching works. The, the minister gives you knowledge. And while the minister is speaking, you're going to hear something from the Holy Spirit that is going to give you understanding about your situation. But I won't even say it, or the preacher didn't even say it. How many have had that happen before? How many have had this happen before? I, this happens to me a lot. But the minister will be going along teaching. They're even in a subject. They'll read a passage of Scripture, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will grab my heart and go, this, and he'll just throw open a curtain. And I'll go, oh. And I'll get revelation on something the minister wasn't even talking about. I've been in services before where Brother Hagin just got up and started reading chapters. <laughs> just reading scripture. Well, the Bible does tell us that in Timothy, we're to give ourselves, give attention to reading. Not just teaching. Reading. We don't do that much in our group, in our group do we? Just get up now, so-and-so is going to get up and read Ephesians 1 through, chapter 1 through 5. People will be like, oh. You know? <laughs> You're not going to even say nothing about the Greek, you know? But if you understand what's being read, you never go, oh. <laughs> and what happened in that moment? There's a revelation about someone's attitude toward his written word. Which means you would do the same to Jesus if he was standing in front of you. <laughs> Boy, that just hurts my toes, you know? Now, Jesus is not insecure. How many know that? Thank God, right? All right, 1 Corinthians 10. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. He doesn't want us to be unaware. This statement is actually made three times in the New Testament. One is concerning uh, the Old Testament saints. One is concerning uh, uh, end times. And one is concerning the gifts of the Spirit. Those three times is when it's mentioned. Okay. So he says, I don't want you to be unaware that all the fathers were under the cloud. All our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was who? Was it Christ? Yep. It was Christ. He was with them. But with most of them, God was what? Were they saved? Yes. Was God pleased with them? No. Why did the dear Apostle Paul, 
who wrote so much on the grace of God, point this out. Why did he stop and say, I don't want you to be unaware? In other words, when I'm reading this, I hear, Sean, pay attention. Stop. Look. Don't allow your thinking about your born-again resurrection experience get away from a reality here that functions today as well. That's what I hear. I know some people are like, well, I don't want to really think about that. You know, I'm under grace. I'm under grace. This is part of being under grace. I can't take this chapter and go, I don't like that one. <laughs> you know, I, can't, I cannot do that. If I do that, I sin. And I tell God, no, 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 no. And people don't realize they're doing this, I think. But if they would really think it through, they'd realize it. They don't realize they're saying, I know more than you, God. And that's what's happening. So if I do that, and I'm telling you guys, this bothers me inside. I'm talking about for me. It really does. If I do, if I, when I find scripture and I go, and I think I know more than what that says, I'm in trouble. Big time. And it concerns me in the church too because I watch it happen. I've had, I have people tell me, and these people are not bad people, they're good people. And they'll sit and rattle off a whole belief system they have, and they have no scripture under it. I mean, little to none, or it's all twisted and in a knot. The reason why it concerns me is not because I've studied the word and I think I know more. It's because I know what it will produce in a person's life. Because our belief systems control our life. They control our words, they control our actions, they control everything. We are gear- When you have an ingrained, rooted system in you that is outside of these words, then who's leading? That's what I want to know. In my life, who's leading? So then I'm constantly, um, and what I mean by constantly is it's just a part of my Christian life. It doesn't mean every second of every day. I'm always confronted with repentance in my life. And any believer that is truly in fellowship with the Lord is the same. If you're bumping along in God's, and you've gone years and never been corrected for anything, you're not in fellowship with God. He's never, he's never checked you about any, not to mention your own heart. How many, how many times has my own heart condemned me? I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I just know, oh, okay, fine. If that's not common, we're in trouble. It means we're what? Drifting. In other words, the weather system of the world has me going a place I don't want to go. Isn't this great? God, if, if I could not talk like this if we weren't ready for this. So let's, let's dig in. Amen? Because we're going to another level. I am less concerned about whether people like me today than I have been in 23 years 
And I don't care what people, because I know I'm like, I'm, the more I look into this, the more the Holy Spirit reveals me, shows me things in the word for myself, and I'm feeding on this, the stronger I'm getting, the more clear the vision is, the more uh, purposeful and balanced and, 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 and uh, 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 rounded the purpose and the vision is, and the more I understand we are, we are in this race, and the race is not real long before it ends. Whether that be the Lord's return or my demise. So there's only one thing that's going to give me harvest when I get out of here. And I'm not even so concerned about the harvest here. Which is another thing in spiritual growth. Isn't it? You know, I love the word of faith. But people have turned things in the word of faith and that are actually biblical. And they just turn them into selfishness. They don't use prosperity for the kingdom work. They use it for themselves to do whatever they want. They don't even consider their brother and sister in Christ. They don't even consider their spiritual development. They don't consider anything like that. They consider everything, every plaything that they want. And they put that first in front of the kingdom. I know me and Josh were having this discussion the other day. We were talking about a particular subject. And he said to me, he told a person that was asking him about something, he, he just said, look, I can't do it. I can't even think about it right now because I have to do the kingdom stuff first. And people think, well, how can you think that way? Get close to God. Guys, I got stuff that's been given to me that sits for months, and I never even look at it. I'm talking about entertainment stuff. And I'm not saying we couldn't be entertained. But I guarantee you, in the American church, we're overly entertained. And we are blessed. But what was the warning to the children of Israel when they went into the promised land? Don't forget me and all the money. Because guess what? You know what I've known? In fact, I had a prophetic word a couple years ago at the uh, Northern Plains Believers Rally a year ago. And I got up and said, and it went over like a lead balloon. But it was true nonetheless, and I could care less whether they received it or not. <clears throat> In the sense of I'm not going to be insecure about it. The Lord said to me, thus saith the Lord, if you don't, if I, if he said, if I'm not first, I'll take the toys away. And people think, well, that's not biblical. Is it? Are you sure? Isn't it? Are you sure? What's more important? Your toys are your salvation. And I'm not against toys or nice things. I don't care. In all honesty, I just don't care. I just don't. I mean, you, you know, Heidi and I have had this discussion. So we bought a townhome. And you know what? The other day, there was a guy on my roof blowing the leaves off, and then he cleaned them all up. And I didn't have to do anything. It's like, praise the Lord. <laughs> I go out, they already have the snow shoveled. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and you say, why is it that way? Because the Lord told me to buy that. I would have bought a house because I like doing stuff like that. He said, nope, you're not doing that. You're doing this. And so Heidi was talking about <laughs> when we moved into it, we were discussing this. Heidi was like, yeah, you know, I think we'll leave here for a couple of years. I'm like, I'm retiring here. <laughs> I, ain't doing, I ain't doing another thing. <laughs> we have different visions. Yeah, we're going to have to come together. I think I, I, I'm going to buy a house with an HOA that takes care of everything so I can just do kingdom stuff. That's all. It's not because I want you to come over and I can show you the guy that mows my lawn. I don't care. I'll mow the lawn. It's, that's not what matters. What matters is me doing kingdom stuff first, right? 
So we see here, Paul writes this and he says, look guys, he says, but God, verse 5, but with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were what? Now that's a harsh word. Why write this to a New Testament church? You ever thought about it? Ooh, because I have, especially with all the grace teaching I've heard. Why? I'm sorry, I cannot just sit down and just accept everything everybody says. I've got to go back and go back and go back. And back. Why, why write this? Why bother? Why, why put it in there? Why even, why even mention it? You know, you don't hear this in the songs during worship. And the bodies were scattered. <laughs> you know, it's all, you're a good, good father. I know we're singing that today, Mark, so anyway. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. But, you. but I know, guys, I know from Psalms 119 that the songs are supposed to be the word. <laughs> and God was not well pleased with many of them. I, we have a prophetic song today, Mark. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> oh, people say, well, that wouldn't happen, Ananias and Sapphira. It will happen. True move of God. Signs, wonders, miracles, dead people. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to raise the dead, not in, you know, not bury them. <laughs> But come on, we have to look at this and go, all right, Lord, how does this apply? Why did you have the Holy, why did the Holy Spirit get into the Apostle Paul and write this? Have you ever read Jude? Why? Why, why put that in there? Do you know one of the things in Jude is complaining that caused death? <clears throat> now these things, verse 6, were written for our what? Examples. To the intent that we should not, what? After, as they also lusted. Can you, as a born-again believer, do this? Yes. You can. I can. I can become a perpetual evil complainer even though I'm saved. And you say, what will happen to you? I'll be scattered. Good preaching. <laughs> so encouraging. I'm uplifted in my heart. See, I think what we think of encouraging and all these different words that we have, that w and it's really Christianese, it's just its own, you know, the church has become its own subculture. You know, we have a certain dress, we have a certain look, we have a certain, all this stuff. But in all reality, this is an encouraging word. If you know the Lord. In other words, what do I know about me? Whew, okay, I got to go down this list here. And I have to say, okay, which one of these am I practicing? And I have to stop. Because I'm letting my flesh dominate me, and I have an example back here that shows me that God is good, and he'll do miracles, but my spiritual development 
requires my participation, and I can either choose to grumble around the mountain another time and die out here, or I can change, get into faith, recognize the promise of God, stop blaming my leaders, stop blaming my circumstances, stop blaming the Egyptians, stop blaming Moses, stop blaming Aaron, stop blaming... Well, it's Joshua and Caleb if they weren't so positive. And Joshua and Caleb, you know what they didn't do? They did not turn around and just start talking to each other and go, well, if it wasn't for these, the 99% of these ding-dongs out here that won't believe, they just kept believing. And they got in. So say it with me. I will get in because I'm going to keep believing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.